Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Recently, um, in the news, um, people have been hacking emails. And uh, the emails have been embarrassing uh, to some people. Which, lead, which leads us to the old adage, never put anything in writing. And there's lots of reasons for not putting anything in writing. But that is with the world of illusion. But in the world of reality, every word we say has to be as if it was written in stone. Now, can you imagine being at a point in your life when you mean everything that you say and you do everything that you say and if you don't mean it, you don't say it. It would change the nature of speech among men dramatically. But it also does something else. If you mean what you say, you're sincere. If you have a loose tongue, you lack sincerity. You're a person who tries to accommodate the moment as opposed to accommodating your own truth. So, if we run through our life accommodating the moment, we have no center. And if we have no center, we're incapable of being sincere. Which brings on an, an, a whole other range of understandings. If we're not sincere, then we don't have a real belief system. If we are not sincere then we don't have a real ethical system. If we're not sincere, then we don't have an understanding of right and wrong because we are incapable of following through once we grow into the habit of not following through. So, what we have to do is somehow develop a system within ourselves where we are the same on the inside as we are on the outside. Because if there's a difference between who we are on the inside and who we are on the outside, you can easily see how sincerity is not going to be what comes out. What comes out is that which will get us what we want in the moment, but will not reveal our true motives, our true intent. It's very difficult to become spiritual without sincerity. It's very difficult to touch reality without sincerity. Because it means that we are fluctuating. Fluctuating where? 
fluctuating in an illusory existence. Because in reality, there is no fluctuating. There's what's real, and we are either with it or not with it. So, how do we enter into sincerity? All of these terms and all of these ways of being take a, an effort to make them so. So, as we speak, we have to become careful about our words. We can't just say things for the sake of saying them. We have to be grounded in our speech. We have to be centered in our speech. And we have to try as best we can to be truthful in our speech. And as we develop the habit of being careful with our speech and truthful with our speech, relationships with other people begin to change. If I feel I can say to you whatever I want without it having any basis in truth just to get by to the next moment, what's that say about the way I feel about you? What's that say about my actual relationship with you. What it says is that my relationship with you is based on what I need. And my relationship with you is not based on what you need, nor is it based on an actual relationship. It's a stepping stone to the next thing that I want Now think about that. If we have a loose mouth, we have loose lips, if we say things to accommodate the moment, we cannot establish real relationships. And the people on the other end can all figure that out pretty quickly unless you have become really adept at falsifying your intent. And there are a lot of people out there who are really very good at falsifying their intent. They're called con men. And they're very believable. That's why they're called con men. And they seem very nice. Because if they weren't, they couldn't gain your confidence. But the point is, they're not real. And eventually you're going to find out. And if you believed too much, it may be to your own detriment. But I'm one who would rather be a little naive than a little sarcastic. So as I walk through the world, I tend to believe people until it is evident that they shouldn't be believed. And that usually doesn't take more than two times. Um, because if they're not telling the truth, uh, you can tell pretty quickly. Like, for instance, people will tell you they'll do something for you. And if they don't, it means that when they said it, they didn't mean it.
it had no weight to it. Um, they weren't sincere. Their words didn't carry the weight of an obligation. Their words were not as if they had written a contract out with you. We have to become the ones whose words are like contracts. Written, signed, sealed, notarized, and being able to be called on demand. We have to have that kind of integrity. God has integrity. God follows through on his promises. We have to be able to follow through on our promises. So, we have to be ones who, when they say something, mean it, do it, and follow through on it as best as they possibly can. And if you tell somebody something that you'd like to do, then you should phrase it, if it was possible, I would like to do this for you, but I don't have the time, as opposed to, I'll do this for you tomorrow, when you're never going to do it anyway. The world, in order to be escaped from, has to be dealt with in a non-illusory manner. So, if you're going to deal with illusion in an illusory way, you're going to be stuck in illusion. But if you deal with other people and you deal with the world in a way that is prescribed by the rules of Allah, by the rules of God, you have elevated everything into a state of reality and you've elevated your own existence because now you've gone from sincerity to integrity. You've entered closer into the qualities that belong to God. You have become more real. The importance of being real in the sense of hak reality is the difference between you being a person of Allah or a person of illusion. And we have to make this determination on a constant basis. The ones who don't, who aren't sincere and don't have integrity have essentially decided that their wealth is an illusion. Their wealth is in the three-headed staff of Maya, gold, women, and earth. Their belief system is based on the three-headed staff of Maya. And everything that they do is to somehow accumulate gold, women, slash men, or, or 
and earth. If you want to change that, and what you want to accumulate is that which belongs to Allah, that which are Allah's quality, you have to change your own qualities so that they mesh with God's qualities. If you don't have integrity, you can't be merciful. If you don't have integrity, you can't be compassionate. Why? Because you can't be trusted. You can't be trusted to do what you say. And if you can't be trusted to do what you say, how can you be trusted? What is the purpose of someone trusting you when your words are like writing on water? If what you say disappears the moment after you say it, if your words don't stick to you and don't stick to anything. Again, it comes down to working on our own personal standards and values. And we commit ourselves to these standards and values because God told us to have standards and values. God told us to be among those who are truthful as best as they can be. We have been commanded to stay within the realm of the ones who can be relied on. In order to have a relationship with God, you have to be able to have true relationships with people. The Hadith say that half of your deen, your religion, is your marriage. What's that mean? It means that in a marriage, people, two people, enter into an intimate relationship of trust and love and caring. And this relationship is as intimate a relationship as man can have in this existence. And of course, when I say man, I mean humanity, man and woman. In order to have a relationship with God, we have to be able to have relationships with humans. So the depth of our relationship, in other words, the depth of our sincerity, the depth of our kindness, the depth of our love, the depth of our reliability, then translates into the depth of the relationship that we can have with God. If we can't have the relationship with man, we can't have the relationship with God. And one of the ways to measure our relationship with God is to measure the depth of our relationship with people. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to have this relationship with hundreds and hundreds of people. But it does mean that you should do your best 
to have this relationship with the people who come into your purview. You should be kind. You should be reliable. You should be sincere. You should have integrity. You should be truthful. You should be able to carry through on what you say. And in the obverse, you should be happy for their happiness. You shouldn't be resentful for their success. You should partake in their success. And that's how you have true companionship in this world. And that's how you have loyalty. Loyalty happens through the understanding that you can be relied on and the person that you're acting with can be relied on. And then you enter into a phase where when you see their faults, you hide them or you try to correct them. You don't admonish. You don't um, parade their faults to the world. You act like the knight and you cover their faults. Because you understand the goodness and the kindness there too, and you know that through love you can continue to improve the situation of the other person. So, if you do these things, you begin to walk through life as a healer, as one who brings comfort to situations as opposed to one who brings difficulty to situations. A good husband and wife relationship is one where each one comforts the other, where each one makes life easier for the other, where each one helps the other. When one is in difficulty, one tries to assist in overcoming that difficulty or makes light of that difficulty, where one goes to the intrinsic nature of the other person and holds that intrinsic nature more important than accomplishments, than titles, than all of the honors and honorariums that the world may bestow upon you. There's nothing more important that we, that we can do for each other than be supports for each other and be supports under all conditions. This is what keeps relationship going. And if you can continue to do this over a long period of time, amazing things happen between you and the person who do this to each other, whether it be friend or mate. A kind of trust develops that is truly sublime and eventually divine. So, by improving the human characteristics on a continual basis, the human characteristics then become divine characteristics. And as they become divine characteristics, 
we naturally flow closer to the divine and we flow closer to our creator. But we do this through an active effort at love, kindness, sincerity, integrity to keep a cleanliness inside of ourselves. Why do many of the religions uh, wear white robes? To signify purity. Uh, different colors signify purity in different places. But the point is that the robes are usually worn to signify a kind of abstinence from that which is not pure. We have to have that abstinence as part of our natural inclination. Now, natural inclinations happen by not allowing the other inclinations to happen until you become habituated to the right way, until it becomes natural for you. So all of these things take effort. And the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said, Allah loves effort. So we need to understand and to integrate into our being a methodology to use effort to change into what it is we want to be. And this, of course, means that we've gotten the knowledge of what it is we're supposed to be. And what we're supposed to be is elevated man. What we're supposed to be is dignified man. What we're supposed to be is serene man, sublime man, divine man. And as we move in those directions and become that sublime being, our life changes. And our life becomes serene. Our life becomes sublime. Our understandings become serene and sublime. Peace envelops us. We walk with grace. There's grace in our manner. There's grace in our speech. There's grace in our demeanor. There's grace in the steps that we take. And then when we enter a room, there's grace that enters with us. Uh, the story of the two Persian princesses who were very, very beautiful and were twins uh, is oft told at a point like this. Um, one had the personality of a tarantula and the other was known as the kindest, sweetest uh, being in the kingdom. But they both had one fault in common. They both constantly argued about their physical beauty. And they kept insisting that one was more beautiful than the other. So they were in a carriage and are having this argument again and they stopped at a small village and one of them said, well, let's have this decided now. 
let's have this village decide which of us is more beautiful. And they stepped out of the carriage in the main little street of this village. And everybody knew who they were, so they were immediately terrified because they were the daughters of the king. And uh, they all bowed. And one of the princesses said, we have, we have made a decision that this village is being given the honor to decide which of us is the most physically beautiful. And the people in the village became terrified because they knew about the personality of uh, the one with the evil disposition. And they certainly didn't want to upset her. But they also wanted to tell the truth. And they didn't know how to do this. So they called the wise man in the village. His name was Nasruddin. And they asked him to come forward and make this decision. And they explained what had happened. And he came forward and he said, I've been asked by the village to make this decision. So I'd like uh, to ask you to do a few things. And the princesses said, okay. And he said, the two of you stand next to each other and walk towards me. And they did. And then he said, now turn around and walk away from me. And they did. And he made them do this about ten times. And then he said, okay, I've decided. You're both equally beautiful. One is beautiful when you're leaving, and the other is beautiful when you're coming. Now, this is the state of existence. All of us make people happy. Someone we leave and someone we come. Now, the question is, who are we truly? And what happens when we walk into a room? What happens when we encounter other people? Do they rush to get away from us? Or are they truly pleased to see us? Well, a lot of this depends on your sincerity, on your integrity, on your kindness, on the nature of your being. Whether your being is closer to the divine or closer to the satanic. Closer to the truth or closer to illusion. Now, of course... Thieves love thieves, and misery loves misery. So you may end up finding yourself in a group where you're very much appreciated, but it's a group of thieves. So where are you? So we need to find out where it is we want to be, and we have to make the effort to fit into that group. Again, we have to make the effort to fit into the group we want to be in. And how do we fit into that group? By becoming like them. So if we want to be among the ones who are saintly, we must become saintly. If we want to be among the lovers, we must become lovable. And we must learn to be able to give love. And then life can become sublime. Life can become peaceful. Life can become the way Allah intended for life to be. But it takes watching ourselves. 
knowing the difference between right and wrong, knowing the difference between correct effort and incorrect effort, knowing what it's like to be free of self-motive, knowing what it's like to put other people in the same place as we put ourselves. And this is work that has to go on. And one of the things that happens and throws a lot of people off is when they try to do this, they get rebuked. And that rebuke leads to resentment. And resentment leads to anger. But that's when we have to understand that we have to have a core that is strong enough to withstand rebuke. And so that resentment doesn't become the product of rebuke. Mercy becomes the product of rebuke. But this takes strength, and it can't all be done at once. So we have to work to where we are centered enough, we are strong enough to take on the barbs that are thrown by illusion so that we can keep moving in the direction we're intending. And we have to have the strength to do that. This takes a commitment and a faith system that believes that God is merciful and compassionate and will show us his mercy. And any time that we feel bereft, it's merely a test to take us to the next phase of our divine encounter. So, as we move towards divinity, may we become strong in our faith and strong in our determination and strong in our effort to see the truth, to tell the truth, and to become the truth. Amen.